welcome to this inspiring message brought to you by Kingsword Media Outreach, a part of Kingsword Ministries International. We hope this teaching inspires you and transforms you into all that God has destined you to be. Please stay tuned for more information about Kingsword Ministries International following this message. May God bless you as you listen. We receive instruction in righteousness. As your word proceeds, let it come with accuracy and precision. In the name of Jesus, let us be thought by you. In Jesus' precious name. Satan, you have no authority here. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Turn your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 5 from verse 17. It said, on one of those days, as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. Verse 18, And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed. And they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went on up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said, Man, your sins are forgiven you. Go to Luke chapter 8 from verse 40. It says, Now when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him. For they were all waiting for him. And there came a man named Jairus, who was a ruler of the synagogue. And falling at Jesus' feet, he implored him to come to his house. For he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. As Jesus went, the people pressed around him. And there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And though she had spent all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. And immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowd surround you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, someone touched me. For I perceive that power has gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not heeding, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in his presence of all the people why she had touched him. And now she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. What does it really mean to walk in faith? We've been talking about uh, faith or foolishness. What does it really mean to walk in faith? These two scenarios I just read. The first one, the Bible says that Jesus saw their faith. He saw their faith. What Jesus saw was beyond what they did. What Jesus saw was beyond what they did. So understand that. So many a times when we talk about faith, we're looking at the things that we are doing. The things that we're doing. So Jesus didn't see them take the man up through the roof and drop him. No, that was not what he saw. That was the action of their faith. Let me explain it. That was what their faith led them to do. That was not their faith. Is someone hearing me? Okay? So Jesus saw that thing. 
So many a times when we talk about faith and foolishness, foolishness I've understood to be the action without the intuition of the faith. I will explain it. Alright, so you see someone says, ah, you know what, I, I was driving and then all of a sudden, um, um, I, I ran out of gas and I didn't have money. And then I said, Lord, can you just help me? And I drove for, for several miles without gas and immediately I got to where I was going, the car just stopped. Someone is seeing the action but not understanding the faith behind it. Then someone else goes and says, oh, if he's done it for A, he can do it for B. And then you try to replicate that action. And then it doesn't work for you. And then you say, maybe God is partial. Or you say, probably I don't have as much faith as the other person does. But that's not the case. So behind the action is the faith itself. So the Bible said Jesus saw their faith. So the same thing happened to this woman with the issue of blood in Luke chapter 8. Listen to Jesus' statement. In verse 45. And Jesus said, who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, master, the crowd surround you and you're pressing in on you. But Jesus said, someone touched me. He said, for I perceive that power has gone out of me. So it wasn't her touch. I mean, everybody was touching Jesus that day. So it wasn't a touch as it were. It was a touch that was backed by faith. That was what Jesus saw. That was what he saw. So it's not the action or the drama but it's the spirit behind the action and the drama. So when you take away the action and the drama, the spirit is still there. So if you, all you do is focus on the action and the drama, you miss the spirit. And then when you miss the spirit, you'll be asking, where did all my money go? So think about it. God has... You've, you've sensed in your heart sometime that maybe God wanted me to give out my car. Maybe God wanted me to give out my shoe or my shirt. And I did that and for six months, nobody gave me any shoe or any shirt. And then you now hold God on his neck and say, you said, press down, shaking together, shall men give unto you. And then you couldn't allow God to talk. He was choking. Let me talk, man. let me talk. And you, I mean, God, that's what you said. That's what we do when we hold scriptures. Say, you said in your word. You said I should remind you of your word. But the word, the written word, has no power without the spirit. So it is not your word until the Holy Spirit breathes on it. It is something written in scripture, but not your word. Until the spirit of God breathes on it. And it becomes life to you. When it becomes life to you, that's when it's backed by... Because at the end of the day, what you're seeing is you're seeing Jesus. So there's two scenarios here. What Jesus saw was that in the midst of the crowd, 
and the circumstance and situation. They didn't put their eyes on any of those things but on Jesus. That's what he saw. That's what he saw. So he saw that they were not concerned about the predicament, the situation, the circumstance around. All they wanted was Jesus. They kept looking at him that they became blind to the things around. That's when people begin to call you foolish. It's not just because you, let me just do foolish things so that it will mean faith. No. It's because you've got into a place in the spirit where you are blind of the things around you. All you can see is just Jesus. People have to wake you and tell you, oh boy, are you okay? Are you okay? Because you could, you're, you're blinded by the things around you and all you could see is Jesus. So they were not concerned about, I mean, they don't know who owns the house. They just went there, removed the roof. Somebody... Remove the roof. They were not concerned about that. May you have those kind of friends. Remove the roof. Drop the Say you, you must be here today. Not concerned about anything. All they were after was Jesus. Their eyes were on him. Their focus was on him. Nothing else mattered. Think about it yourself. A lot of the times, or think about the times you've had the breakthroughs. And someone would have said, ah, well, how you did that? You say, me, myself, I don't even know. Because at that time, you were just crazy. At that time, you were not thinking of anything. All you just, all your eyes was focused on is the miracle. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And then it happened. Then someone wants to now replicate your drama. It's not the drama. When you keep your eyes on Jesus. And the things around you. Are not relevant or important. It puts you in a position. That when that spirit moves you. Whatever it moves you to do, you do. Today it may be remove the ceiling. And let the guy drop. Tomorrow it may be something else. But that spirit will move you. I heard a story of Archbishop one time. I think he was the one, yeah. The thieves came to his house. He was sleeping. And then they said, his wife woke him up. Honey, honey, thieves are here, thieves are here. And then he said, sleep. So they slept. And that time they came again. They said, honey, honey, thieves are here. He said, run. So the wife asked him, he said, ah, that time, is it that you, you didn't have faith this time? He said, no. He said, God told me, run. <laughs> so, the same God can tell you run and he can tell you sleep. But if you fail to understand what the Spirit is saying and you say, oh, no, I have faith, I have faith, I have faith. It would have been a different story. Does it mean that he didn't have faith? No, he did have the faith. He did have faith. But what was he focusing on? What was his eyes set on? Jesus. His eyes were set on Jesus. The same God that told Abraham, come out 
of your father's house. It's the same God that told um, Jacob. Yeah. Was it Isaac? Yeah, Isaac. Stay in this land. And then the same God that told Jacob. Different things. Three different things. Same God. But one would have thought that, ah, everybody is jackpying. Let me jackpot. You don't know what God told them. So it's not in where you go or where you stay. It's in where, where God plants you. Where he plants you. And then when your eyes is focused away from the drama. A lot of times we love the drama. Oh, we love to hear the testimony. Pastor, I want to testify. So, I didn't have money in my account for six months. And then one day, somebody say one day. You know all those testimonies now? I was just working. And then the Lord said to me, son, son, son. It's always three times. Look to the left. And I looked. And I saw this man coming. Then he said to me, brother. I said, sir. He said, the Lord just lead me, let me to give you this check. And brethren, you will not believe. The man gave me a two million naira check. Somebody praise the Lord. We like that drama of testimony. It sounds good. It sounds like it sounds like God, right? What about son? Wake up at two a.m. It's time to read. That doesn't sound like God, does it? Some of you will bind the devil. Say, son, wake up. It's time to read. Son, wake up. Go on YouTube. I want to show you something. If I go on Instagram for the first five minutes, if I don't see anything the Holy Spirit is trying to show me, I close it. I've been practicing that for a while. Because there was a time I found out, I woke up one night, I wanted to pray honestly. Between, I wanted to pray seriously. <laughs> By the time I looked at the time, 4 a.m. I was like, this is not the life to live. So we like the drama. The drama of the testimony. The drama of the miracle. So when it comes to our finances, the same thing. We've done stuff all in the name of I feel God is leading me or guiding me or directing me in this area. Not because God did not lead you. But it's possible that you took your eyes of Jesus. You took your eyes of him and was focusing on the fact that hmm, by the time I dropped that seed, <laughs> even God will mobilize 21 and a half angels. Say, ah, follow that man, follow that man. Ah, how can he drop that kind of seed? Honestly. Honestly. Or God tells you, say, give out your car. You say, ah, God, you know that if I give out this car, <laughs> a range must come. It now becomes like Kalu Kalu. 
mean I've been there before. The idea I had before was that, look, I mean, it's common, common understanding now. Okay, God, I give you 10K. You multiply it by 10, right? Say, let's not do 100. Okay, we can do three times or four times. So I'm looking at the drama. I'm looking at, I'm plotting it for God. I'm telling him. So after two months, 5K, Shishi did not even show. So I'm worried, I'm disturbed. Where did my money go? Or you come into a place and then there's so much power and so much presence of God. I mean, I've been there before. And then the anointing is moving you. Ask some of you, remove your shoe, everything, drop it. And then you step out. Say, bro, if you find me, two kid. <laughs> or maybe it's your transport fare. Say, ah, that place was so excited. The, the power was so much. And then, boom, you drop it. And then you step out. You're looking around. You're sizing everybody who you go ask. Say, brother, 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 brother. <laughs> I've been there. Don't worry. I've been there. I've been there. Or you find out someone that has a car. Say, I think you, you live in that area, right? Say, I'm going that way. Let me follow you. I ask you, where did my money go? Did God scam me? <laughs> All these questions have been there. But this is what I found out. And I'm trying to help you. As a believer, anytime you are, you are either moving in one of two ways, either God leads you to sow or you sow out of God. It's either, either one of the two, right? Whichever one you do, as a child of God, you can get a harvest as a child of God. You can. Whichever one. What's a harvest? Let's turn to Matthew chapter 13. It says from verse 1, it says, That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and great crowds gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, So I went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path. As he sowed, some seeds fell along the path. And the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no roots, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns. And the thorns grew up and choked them. And other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain. Some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. And he who has ears, let him hear. So consider this to be you. There are times you step out and thinking that it's in faith. So because this sower went out to sow. Really. He did. So your intentions were what? Good. 
The sower went out to sow. That was, his intentions were good. They were not bad intentions. But some fell in places where they should not have fallen. Some got to places where they shouldn't have gotten. But in the midst of that, he said there's one that fell on the good soil. And then it produced. And Ecclesiastes would say, in the morning sow your seed. In the afternoon sow your seed. In the evening do not withhold your hand. Why? Because when the day of harvest comes, you will not remember the day of foolishness. You won't remember the day of foolishness. Because people think that, hey, if I do this, then God is obligated to do this. Scripture says that you will reap if you faint not. It did not say you will reap where. So it's not necessarily where you have sown that you reap, but you will reap if you faint not. So when we measure, I give God, I give God 10, he will give me 20. What if God, you see, our, our thoughts and our idea of a harvest is different from God's idea of harvest. And I told you um, in one of the, the teachings that God is not the one who created money. So when God wants to communicate to you, he doesn't speak in monetary terms. He speaks in spirit terms. God gives you wisdom, gives you favor, gives you power to get wealth. And then when you apply those skills and wisdom and power and favor, then it's exchange for wealth. So when God wants to communicate to you, asking you of your carnal substance, what he's supplying to you is the spirit. So most of the time, we are fixed on the naira and cupboard, the currency, the dollar, the pounds. We are fixed on that to define the essence of our faith. So when that doesn't happen, we think that we've made a mistake. There are many things your financial seeds have done for you beyond money that you can't quantify. Beyond money that you can't quantify. But because you think you've acted foolishly, you have withheld yourself from God's presence and asking, where did all my money go? Where did all my money go? Some of you, God has, through your seed, woken you up and say, look, I want you to study this thing for the next six months. I want you to take a course in XYZ. God has seen your future and told you that I want you to take a course in XYZ. And you refuse. You are waiting for the Naira and Combo. You are waiting for someone to do, you are waiting for the drama. Someone just, I just woke up and I got an alert. I don't know who sent it. And bam, a million Naira. God doesn't work like that all the time. He doesn't work like that all the time. He doesn't. So when God is asking for carnal things from us, it's not because he wants to take from us. It's because he wants to give to us. He wants to supply. Grace does not demand. Grace supplies. When God makes a demand of you, it's not because he wants to take from you. It's because he wants to give to you.
said the silver is mine the gold is mine the cattle upon the thousand hills are mine they're all mine Luke chapter 15 as i close Luke chapter 15 I'm not going to read the lengthy part I'll just summarize and I'll read this part Go down to verse verse 30 let's start from verse 30 So two sons and then one of them said look dad shared the property and the father shared the property and the other one went with his property took everything he had squandered it and then had to come back home and the second son was offended the first son was offended that look why this guy went out squandered the property and then came back and we're celebrating why should we celebrate him but i've been here all the while i mean you didn't do anything for me listen to, listen to this he said but when verse 30 he said but when the son of yours came who has devoured your property with prostitutes you killed the fattened calf for him and he said to him son you are always with me and all that is mine is yours and god is saying to you all that it's his is yours there is nothing that you have that he has not given to you all that is his is yours all that belongs to god is yours So when you ask the question where did your money go I'll ask you is it your money We are custodians of the resources of God The only reason God will entrust you with resources I told us that the kingdom of God in the kingdom of God um capacity has an objective to multiply value God doesn't just commit, he commits for a reason. So when you are in that category of people that God can entrust with resources and that will multiply the value, then you are in the A team of God. He begins to trust you with resources. So it's his resources for his kingdom agenda, kingdom plan, kingdom purpose. So by the time you ask the question where did your money go you ask yourself is it your money Because if it's your money and you answer that is your money just know that is there's a time coming that you finish But if it's not yours and the source is God then it's unlimited God can choose this the channel to bring the money from God can choose where it will come from So you stop asking where did my money go it's not your money it's his resource you are custodian of the things that god has committed to your hands and your your own um resolution is to say god whatever 
whatever you want done with the resources you've committed to my hands, let it be done. Let it be done. There is no pipe that carries water and the pipe is not wet. Have you ever seen a pipe that carries water and the pipe itself is dry? Never. If you're a channel in God's hand and you remain a channel, you will never be dry. God will find different ways to get resources your way. Because he knows if I give him this resource, he will do what I want done with it. You'll never be dry. You'll never be dry. So focus your eyes on Jesus. That's where all your faith is. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Father. Lift your hands to him. I want you to pray a prayer this morning. And you will say to God, help me to see Jesus in everything that I do. Aren't you tired of the drama of religion? Just say, Lord, help me to see Jesus. Help me to see Jesus in everything that I do. That's what moves my faith. The moment my, I see him, the action that follows is an act of faith. I don't put the action before seeing him. No, he doesn't look at the action. He looks when we get his attention. And then when we get his attention, an action follows. That action is the faith that moves mountains. The faith that moves mountains. So say, Lord, bring me to a place where I'll have deep fellowship, deep koinonia with you, that I would see you all the time. It will help me to direct my finances, help me to direct my life, my relationship, help me to direct everything around me everything around me. Thank you, precious Father. Thank you, precious Father. Lift your hands to him. Father, as your word has gone forth, I pray that everyone who has heard that word will bring life to their spirit in the name of Jesus. In whatever areas of their finances that they have lost faith in you, I pray, Father, that that faith will be restored in the name of Jesus. That you bring them to the point of revelation to see that you desire to supply grace in their life. I ask in the name of Jesus. Thank you, precious Father. I give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Ministries International. For information about Kingsword Ministries, visit us at kingsword.org for information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember, where the word of a king is, there's power.